0: Greetings. Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on bhha.com and popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and many others. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, Virginia Audio Collective, and the Family Podcast Network. Podcast episodes also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 8.20 a.m. across Central Virginia and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send questions, comments, feedback, or guest suggestions to pcfpodcast.vhha.com. That's pcfpodcast.vhha.com. Today, we're excited to be joined by Dr. Gary Myers, the Director of Graduate Endodontics at the VCU School of Dentistry. During his career, Dr. Myers has spent time as a dental officer in the U.S. Armed Forces, in private practice, and now in academia. We'll cover all that and more, but first, welcome to the show, Dr. Myers. Thanks for joining us.
1: Well, thank you. It's my pleasure, and I appreciate the invitation
0: Thank you again for being with us. So a moment ago, I gave a very brief summary of your career path from your dental education in Texas to service in the U.S. Air Force, private practice, and the start of your academic teaching career in Washington State, and now for about a decade in Virginia at VCU. I'm sure that only scratches the surface of who you are as a person and professional. So let's start by getting to know you a bit. What are some essential things about you and your unique story that people should know?
1: Okay. Well, I did my undergraduate school at the University of Texas and then my dental school in San Antonio. Uh, I first went to dental school to become an orthodontist, but that motivation or desire quickly changed over the course of my dental training and endodontics rose to the forefront. And the endodontics deals with root canals. You know, that's our primary dental treatment procedure that we provide. Coming out of dental school, I was interested in getting specialty training, but I wasn't interested in necessarily going back to school where I had to you know, continue to get loans for tuition and stuff. So I went into, that was one of the reasons that motivated me to go into the armed forces, and I was able to get my specialty training while I was on active duty there. And I've been involved As you mentioned, with the armed services, I had 16 years in private practice. I've been teaching full-time for almost 10 years now at Virginia Commonwealth, and I've been actively involved in a variety of different national dental organizations as well. So it's been a, a multifaceted and rewarding career for me.
0: It's always interesting to hear how people chose the path they did. For you, what inspired your professional direction into dentistry and specifically the field of endodontics, which is a dental specialty focused on diseases and injuries of the soft tissue inside a tooth?
1: What originally got me interested in dentistry was orthodontics. And my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, had just undergone some orthodontic treatment. And I was a first-year college student, I really didn't have any sense of direction on what I wanted to do and became fascinated with the orthodontist and how he was able to move her teeth around. She had an impacted canine up in the roof of her mouth. So that was the motivating factor that got me going into dental school. And then as I mentioned a minute ago, over the course of my training, along with my first few military years, My interest in orthodontics waned, and then my interest in endodontics really began to grow. I knew I wanted to specialize in one specific area of dentistry, and I found out, one, that I enjoyed doing endodontics, but two, I really connected with the endodontic faculty when I was a student, and then the first endodontist that I was stationed with in the Air Force.
0: Awesome. And so staying on the subject of endodontics for a moment more, I'm curious to hear about some of the common ailments or conditions that someone in your specialty would treat. The obvious one that comes to mind and that you mentioned is something like a root canal. Beyond that, what are other maladies that an endodontist might help address?
1: Well, the root canal is our bread and butter procedure. And, you know, we are constantly seeing patients who are having a tremendous or severe toothache And it's the root canal that oftentimes can help the patient save their tooth and at the same time alleviate the pain associated with it. In endodontics, we also see a lot of traumatic dental injuries. I've had a lot of patients that suffered an injury, whether it's children on a playground or teenagers in athletic events or older individuals through a variety of different causes. So that's an area of expertise. We don't see as many traumatic dental injuries as we do root canal-treated teeth or teeth that need root canals, but that's another area that we see quite a bit. There is a a surgical procedure called an apicoectomy. That's another way to address abscesses that have developed at the ends of teeth that don't seem to be responding to the initial root canal treatment. So we do have a surgical component that's involved with our specialty as well.
0: It is often noted that oral health affects whole body health because problems in the teeth or gums can lead to other physical problems such as heart disease or stroke. Can you share some observations about the connections between dental health and physical health?
1: Yes, I think the specialty of periodontics has really brought this to the limelight I think with the health and care of the gum tissues around the supporting teeth. In endodontics, we've also found out that there are some health conditions, one specifically is diabetes, where we have slower healing with the root canal treatment procedures that we do, especially when there's an abscess at the end of the teeth. Things will still heal up, but they tend to be a little bit slower process for the diabetic patient. And so that's important for us to know so that we can, one, counsel them on what to expect after our treatment, but then also to learn more about other systemic diseases. There's a lot of projects and research that are being done to look at how different things might influence the treatments that we do. But there's definitely a connection there. And, you know, if there's no systemic condition that I'm aware of that would lead to the contraindication of doing root canal therapy. We can do root canals on just about you know, any individual, and it will help with the overall health and well-being of the patients in that regard.
0: You've been a professor of dentistry for more than 15 years now. I'm curious to hear what observations you may have about practice and care advancements in dentistry over that time, as well as your thoughts on the workforce development pipeline given the broader trend of current and future projected healthcare workforce shortages in many clinical areas, including dentistry.
1: The workforce shortages is definitely a a real thing, and I think we saw a little bit of this developing even pre-COVID, but pre-COVID, I mean, COVID really put a strain on our workforce. There were a lot of people, a lot of our staff people ended up stepping away from our profession because of concerns and fears of coming into contact with COVID, especially, you know, dealing with people and working within their mouths and stuff and with the mechanisms of transfer of COVID. And I don't think we've fully recovered from that yet. As far as the dental field and dental hygiene field, I think it's just a matter of getting people more out to the rural areas. I think that's where the big shortages are and trying to figure out or determine ways to encourage our newer graduates and our younger providers to move out into the more rural areas so that they can service those needs that exist out in those spots.
0: Thank you so much. And in preparing for this podcast, I read that one of your interests is the Iditarod, which for people who might be unfamiliar, is a famous and grueling dog sled race through the Alaskan tundra. Teams of trained dogs pull a sled led by a driver, known as a musher, Often through deep snow and blizzard like conditions during the course of a race that can last as long as two weeks. With that bit of context, could you tell us more about this and your level of involvement in the Iditarod?
1: So, that's a great question. I, my last assignment in the Air Force was up in the state of Alaska, and I became very fascinated with the race and the relationship between the mushers and their dogs. And I actually got involved with the race as a volunteer first working in, at the headquarters in the city of Anchorage and then later on having the opportunity to work out on the trail. My volunteer efforts had very little to do with dentistry. It was more working out on the trail and making sure that the mushers and their dog teams came into the checkpoints and we were able to record their arrival. There's certain gear that they have to have on them that we would double-check and verify that they still had with them. The mushers, as part of their planning for the race, send supplies out in advance, food for themselves, food for the dogs, any kind of gear that they need for their team. So we've got that there and we make sure we get it to the appropriate mushers as they arrive into the checkpoint. And then we make sure they head out of the uh, village that we were working out on the trail. There were volunteer veterinarians out there. So every dog was getting looked at by a veterinarian. I volunteered more to kind of keep Things moving along and also respecting the wishes of the villagers. It can be very disruptive for a small, remote Alaskan village to suddenly have 50 to 80 dog teams coming through over the course of a week. And so it was acting as an ambassador for the Iditarod with the village and making sure that everything uh, met their approval.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And thanks for spending some time with us today. Before we conclude, we do have a tradition on this podcast to ask our guests a few fun questions to close things out. We have a list of 10 mystery questions. So could you choose two numbers between one and 10? And once you've made your choice, I'll ask you the corresponding questions.
1: Okay, let's go with four.
0: All right, number four. Which, if any, of the following things do you consider most plausible? Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, or UFOs and aliens? If none of these apply, but if you believe in something else along those lines, please share it.
1: Do you mention Bigfoot and alien, and what was the third?
0: Uh, The Loch Ness Monster.
1: the Loch Ness Monster. I would say, and the question was which do I think is most likely?
0: Yes. I'll
1: go with the alien.
0: Nice. Any reason (laughs) why?
1: You know, it's a broad universe out there, and I've got to think that there's something, some living creature besides us that are somewhere in this universe that we're a part of.
0: Definitely. And do you want to pick one more number?
1: Sure. Uh, Let's go with eight.
0: Number eight. Tell me one memory from your life that whenever you think of it, it makes you smile.
1: Oh, that's a great question. Well, let me think here. You know, I guess I'll go with my first trip to Disneyland. I remember it well, you know, going as a young kid and just some of the impact. You know, one ride, it was Disneyland down in Southern California. The one ride that stuck with me the most was one that I got the most scared at. And and it was an old submarine ride that I went on there. Then later, having the opportunity to take my own kids there and having gone as an adult, that memory always comes back to me and definitely makes me smile.
0: Awesome. I love that so much. Those are some great answers. And with that, we come to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Gary Myers of the VCU School of Dentistry for joining us today. So thank you.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.